Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. Today we're in Malachi 1. We're in our second book of the shorter, small books of the Bible. We're just going through four. And so we'll be here in Malachi for four days. Then we'll be jumping over to Jonah for another four days. And then we'll go back into the New Testament and visit Philippians. Before we get started, though, let's go ahead and open with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this day and for all that you've done. I lift up this time. I lift up this day to you. And I pray that you would be glorified and honored by all that is said and done. I pray that as we read your word, as we read commentary, that we would understand more about you, that we would understand your life, your, your plan for our life, how we interact with you, and how we love you and know you on a deeper level. I just pray for this time. I pray that you would be the one who speaks and that you'd be the one who guides us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, Malachi. Malachi is interesting because it's the last book in the Old Testament. And it's the last Old Testament. He's the last uh, Old Testament prophet. And so I'm just going to give you, I'm going to go through some basically background and whatnot that Tozer gives us regarding Malachi. Um, So he writes that Malachi is the last of the Old Testament prophets. The name is not mentioned elsewhere in the Bible. According to a Jewish tradition, Malachi was a Levite who was part of the great synagogue, which gathered and protected the Old Testament. The name Malachi means my, ma- my messenger. At the time of Malachi, the people were discouraged by corrupt priests and have a compl- complacent attitude about their relationship with God. Malachi writes to condemn their behavior. The book starts with a strong statement of God's love for his people. It continues with God asking his priest for the honor due him in sacrifices and in teaching. God then reproaches his people for their unfaithfulness to one another, particularly in terms of divorce, intermarriage with idolaters, and violence. After an interlude, warning of judgment, a refiner's fire, the prophecy turns to questions of the people robbing God by failing to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Does one serve God in vain? No, God will punish the wicked and reward the righteous. Malachi ends with a promise of Elijah as a forerunner of the coming Lord. So, within Malachi, it really does talk. He, you know, God is is speaking to the people, and it's the last time He does. And so, I was thinking about that. Well, it's the last time He does for four hundred years. And when you think about the history of the Jews, God talked to them throughout history all the time. He really had constant con- contact and com- communication with them through his prophets, through his kings and his judges. They spoke to God and God spoke through them. And then for them to suddenly not hear God for 400 years, think about the impact of that. For, four, for their whole history, they've been, they've been directed, they've been corrected and brought back onto the a correct path by his prophets, by God telling them. His prophets were pretty tough. You'll re- listen to this about Malachi. It's not, a, it's not an easy, comfortable thing. He confronts them very significantly and very you know, forthright. And so without that 
constant communication from God, that correction of the priest, the correction of the people. Think about what that silence for 400 years does. Now, some people will say, well, God's been silent to us for 2,000. But that's because they don't listen and they don't hear the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in each and every one of his children. It's whether or not we listen and hear his voice. And we've been reading examples and seeing examples of Paul, of how he has, he heard God every day, all day. God talked to him because he understood and he listened to the Lord's voice. That's what this journey is about, for me anyways. It's hearing God's voice, being able to communicate daily with him, to fellowship with him, as I was, I was made to. We were all made to fellowship with God. When Adam sinned and destroyed the, the relationship in the Garden of Eden, <clears throat> we were supposed to walk with God on a daily basis. Our spirits were to walk with him. And that was broken and destroyed in the garden. Well, we have the opportunity to walk with him closely in our spirit on a daily basis. And so this journey that I'm on is to find and to rekindle that relationship as much as possible. And I look at people like Paul as, as those who can and, sh- and did communicate with God on a daily basis and loved him and understood him. So the outline for this book is pretty simple. Uh, just from in chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, he talks about God's love for his people. Then he spends quite a bit of time, chapter 1, uh, verse 6 through 2, 9, this talking about the sins of the priest. Then he spends a little bit of time, only seven verses, about the sins of the people. And then about the coming messenger. And then about tithing and service to God. And then finally, the day of the Lord. So with that, let's go ahead and get started. Chapter 1, verse 1. A prophecy, the word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord, but you ask, how have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord? Yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I have hated. And I have turned his hill country into a wasteland and left his inheritance to the desert jackals. Edom may say, Though we have been crushed, we will rebuild the ruins. But this is what the Lord Almighty says. They may rebuild, but I will demolish. They will be called the wicked land, a people always under the wrath of the Lord. You will see it with your own eyes and say, Great is the Lord, even beyond the borders of Israel. Understand that Esau, um, basically as Jacob was the part of the the founding of of the Jews, Esau is the, the founding of the Arabs. And so that's why there's been a conflict throughout history is it's the typical conflict of brothers against brothers. And so the Arabs believe in the Old Testament because they were part of it up until Esau. And Esau was kicked out and spurned as you just, as you just read. Verse 6, As a son honors his father and a slave his master, If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me? Says the Lord Almighty. It is you, priests, who show contempt for my name. So this is the section where he's going to really get into it with the priest. It is you, priests, who show contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name? By offering defiled food on my altar. But you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. 
When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice lame or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Now plead with God to be gracious to us. With such offerings from your hands, will he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not light and so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will accept no offering from your hands. My name will be great among the nations from where the sun rises to where it sets, and every place incense and pure offerings will be brought to me, because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. So that's interesting because what he just demonstrated and what he just said was, hey, I loved you, and I took care of you, and I I favored you over Esau. I gave you all that you, you know, I gave you this, this land and you grew and prospered yet your, your, um, sacrifices are flawed and you're intentionally giving me the garbage. You're giving me blind, diseased, broken animals. Your governor wouldn't accept it, but you expect me to, and then still to support you and sponsor you or protect you and to answer your, your cries. And he says, nope. I'm going to be the Lord Almighty. I'm going to be great among those who value me, those who love me and and worship me appropriately and give me pure offerings as a demonstration of that love. So he's going he's already talked about over time when we read this through Isaiah how he has a plan, he, you know, all of us Gentiles are included, including Esau's uh descendants are all included in his plan. And he, ex- he expects to be great amongst the nations, which is a reference to everybody other than Israel. But you fr- profane it by saying, the Lord's table is defiled and its food is contemptible. And you say, what a burden. And you sniff at it contemptuously, says the Lord Almighty. When you bring injured, lamed, or diseased animals and offer them as sacrifices, should I accept them from your hands, says the Lord? Cursed is the cheat who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nations. Remember in Acts where there were the uh, the husband and wife who and all the people of the ch- early church were bringing their wealth, basically, to support and give to the other people. And there was the husband and wife who sold their house and their property and gave only a portion of it to to uh, the apostles saying this was everything. This was all. Well, that, that sacrifice, that gift, that gift with, through a lie that was, was not accepted and they both died. Um, so you can see that tithing, sacrificing, you know, providing sacrifices has to be done with the right heart. So that was uh, verse one or chapter one. These chapters are not super long. Um, this was only 14 or 15 verses. So with that, I'm just going to uh, close with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you again. Again, we come before you seeking out your will and your guidance, seeking your heart and your spirit to teach us and lead us. And I just want to thank you and lift up this time. I lift up my friends here, and I just pray that you would watch over them and keep them safe, that you would watch over all of our families, and that would bring you honor and glory. And as the book of 
Malachi challenges us about our commitment, our faith, our sacrifices for you. I just pray that we would be convicted in the right way and we would act on that conviction and that we would serve you appropriately. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, so real quick, just as a kind of an, I don't know, update or talk about the journey that I'm going through. One of the things that I've noticed with myself and my struggles at being a better son, um, son of God is, or whatever, a child of God. Uh, it always sounds weird when I say son of God, because that's what Jesus was. Um, anyway, so one of the things that I struggle with is, you know, my mental state and it's because I think a lot and I don't mean because I'm crazy. Um, although some people say I am. Um, but it's really that where my mind is and how it can get off track from thinking about God. And one of the things I noticed <clears throat> and I thought about a lot today or this morning, cause I was up at four and I pretty much couldn't fall back asleep because I was thinking about this stuff. Um, was I read a lot and I read a lot of history and then I read the historical information and then I read fictional history. So it's maybe, you know, it's basically the story, you know, so recently I've been reading about, about, um, the Vikings and about them invading, uh, Britain and the wars that went on and, and, you know, the various, um, battles that they fought. So I read the historical accounts. I read a number of books on that and it was very interesting. But then I start reading the fictionalized so that you can actually, you know, they take the historical, they add the language and relationships and whatnot that, you know, the history doesn't share. And it's, so it's all fictional, but it's fictional history. And one of the things that I've noticed is that a lot of it is pretty down on Christianity. It beats it up. It it despises it basically. And it talks a lot of crap about, about it. Now I happen to know that the early church, not the church that was, was there in acts, but later once it became a human church, a much more human church, it had tons of issues. I took lots of number of classes in college about the, the early Christian church. And there were challenges, the popes and everything, they were not great people. So I, I get it. But the amount of, um, anger, vitriol that I continuously read, even though I know it's fiction and it's probably somewhat accurate. And it's also somewhat, um, accurate on how the, the pagans believed because they're usually, I'm usually reading from the perspective of the pagans of the Viking or the, um, Saxon or whatever it might be. So it's one of those things that I, it just keeps polluting my mind. And so I've had to remove it because it's one of those, those concepts of garbage in garbage out what you feed in the Bible talks about what you feed your spirit, what you feed your mind is what you will then think on. So I went back to starting to, to not start. I went back to reading books that are edifying. And one of them is what's so amazing about grace. And that book just touches my heart, but it's always been something that is a challenge because it's a, it's a challenging book. It's about grace and God's grace for us, and then us bestowing grace. And so it's, it's an incredibly powerful book, but it's hard, and it's not mindless. And so it's one of those things, just like when I read A.W. Tozer, he's hard to read because he's not mindless. But you have to feed your mind and your heart 
with that which is edifying, not that which is, you know, whatever, bad. Um, so I've, ba- I've basically cut off my, my reading of the non-edifying works and hopefully, prayerfully, that will help build up my spirit further. So anyways, I just wanted to share that with you for a couple minutes. And uh, as I said at the beginning of, of this journey, I'll be pretty transparent with where I'm at and what I'm going through to try to encourage you along too. Anyways, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God. I hope you have a great day.